Before you know it, JT, about a month, month and a half, we're going to be talking spring spring training baseball, the World Baseball Classic, and then the regular season will be upon us. And just this past weekend, Saturday, downtown Cleveland at the convention center, the Cleveland Guardians held Guards Fest, and a bunch of players, the manager, uh, media members were all there. Fans got to go uh, meet some of their favorite Guardians players, autographs and whatnot, and to talk all about what went down over the weekend and what lies ahead in the coming months. Let's bring in one of the radio voices of your Cleveland Guardians right here on WHBC and the Guardians Radio Network, Jim Rosenhouse. Rosie, 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 Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, Roadman. I'm doing well. Thank you. Same to you. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show. JT's wearing uh, some uh, Guardians gear right now. He's all fired nope. up for baseball season. It's old school, you? Rosie. I need some new gear, man. It's the old Indian stuff. I know we're not allowed to say that, but where's the Guardian stuff uh, coming? Yeah, you're okay. We'll get you some stuff. Don't that worry. Way. There you go. So, Rosie, how much fun was this weekend, especially after the last couple of years with the pandemic, uh, the COVID situation where uh, you could not host, uh, you know, the Winter Fest or now Guards Fest, and uh, we got people back out to talk baseball in the month of January? You know what? It, it, it was a lot of fun, and I think you touched on it. Um, you miss that stuff, and, and sometimes you don't realize it. When you're when you're doing it every year, and it's not taken away for a couple of years, but uh, it really does, I think, serve for fans and and those of us who work for the team and the players, uh, kind of get them fired up for spring training because everyone's excited, feeling good, and especially after last season was such a, a great season, um, unexpectedly so for many, and with such a young team. That all added up to make it a fun weekend, and, and I thought Saturday was just tremendous at the convention center. Rosie, we always say time flies when you're having fun. That season last year went by like a blink. What's your off season like? Does it go by just as fast? <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't until you, you get past New Year's, and then it's like, oh, boy, there's a lot to do yeah. before spring training and then getting ready, and it seems like uh, you know it gets there really fast. But, uh, you know, it slows down a little bit in November and December because uh, there's not a whole lot of baseball talk and, and things like that. But just with with everybody in town this weekend, I think mm-hmm. that really hits home that it's right around the corner, and, and uh, a lot of folks will be heading out to, to Goodyear pretty soon. And um, by the end of next month, we'll have games on the radio for you. So Unreal. Coming fast. Stephen Kwan and others were there They're at Guards Fest. It's the first time you've been able to host that in, what, three years? Is that what Kenny was saying? Yeah, the 2020 leading wow. into that season that never – really got going just the 60 game season but it was normal at that point in in january so yeah we had a normal um festival and and brought it back this year for the first time since and um i know cash fans are fired up and and happy and uh with such a a young roster uh you know that some of these young guys they're just going out of their way to have some fun with with especially the young fans Uh, it was a good day it really was Jim Rosenhouse, our guest, talking Guardians baseball with you here on WHBC. And, and Rosie, Terry Francona was there, uh, looks in great health, uh, which has been something over the last few off-seasons uh, has not been the case, but he made it through the entire season last year. As you said, uh, a remarkable, unexpected year as they win a playoff series, losing five games to the Yankees. He gets manager of the year for the third time with the Indians slash Guardians what can you put into words what he means to this organization and then to those players? Well, it's everything. It really is. And uh, you hear 
Chris Antonetti talk about it. I mean, it, it just it sets a tone from the top down and even into the minor leagues and player development. Um, it's not that Terry Francona is micromanaging, but the, the tone that he sets with the big league club, it sets an expectation. And, and I think last year was a great example. Um, you know, Chris Antonetti, about midway through spring training, said, look, there's going to be a young team. Um, we're going to find out about different players and um, really use last season to get a better read on what they had in the organization and which young players could help them, not only last season but in the future. Um, and none of none of us heard the winning part of that. Like, the, you know, we just figured, oh, well, you know, I guess it's going to be one of those years where they're, you know, they're going to have some of those growing pains that most young teams do, but Tito sets an expectation. It doesn't matter if it's a young or an old team or a bunch of outside the organization guys or, or developmental kids. Um, you you come here, you're playing to win, and it, that's proven out um, with playoff appearances and the second most regular season wins of any team in the American League since he's been here. So um, there is an expectation that he sets by the way he goes about it, and it filters down to everything else in the organization, and it, it adds up to a lot of wins. Jim, I don't know if it's a youth thing or not, but we had Jim Donovan on a couple of weeks ago, conclusion of the Brown season, and we're talking about a connection between the team and the fans. Uh, like I said, I don't know if it's a youth thing, but it seems as though the Guardians connect with their fans better than maybe any yeah. team in Cleveland. Would you agree with that? Well, and I can't speak for the other teams, but I think that youth part that you're talking about, um, and, and maybe the Cavs have some of that and, um, you know, with, with the stage that they're at, and, and maybe the Browns will, will get to that point at some point. But at least for right now, um, for the Guardians, Tristan McKenzie, I mean, he's an established, uh, seemingly a, like a superstar pitcher in the making just based on what he's done so far. He walked around that that guards fest. It was like the Pied Piper. Wherever he was going, you know, he had to go to you know do this uh, appearance in this venue at some point, and go across the the convention center somewhere else. And there'd be a trail of kids just following him. They love him, and and he'd stop and you know sign some autographs and and talk to some of them, and and because he treats them like like he's one of them, like he's six or seven. You know, it, it just was really neat to see it. And so yeah, there is. I think because they're young, um, yes, there's there's some of that newness to it, and and I think the younger fans can relate to them a little bit better. Um, so yeah, there there is something to that. There's no question. Jim Rosenhouse, our guest, happy to have him with us talking some baseball here today, Guardians baseball. Uh, and Rosie, uh, last year again, such a fun season because it was so unexpected. Some changes this year uh, coming down the pike for Major League Baseball and in the AL Central. What I mean by that, Rosie, the schedule change, right? No more 19 times you get to beat up on on the Tigers, uh, maybe, or the Royals or whoever it is. One year it always seems like there's one team the Indians get fat on. 13 games now, and you're playing everybody throughout Major League Baseball. Let's start with the schedule changes and how you think that will affect this team moving forward, uh, you know, for 2023 and beyond. Well, if if the past track record in, in, in recent seasons is any indication, I mean, the the division has really been lopsided. The, there's good teams coming out and going to the postseason, um, but the bottom end of it, whether it's two or three teams that are really struggling, they're really, really struggling. So what you would have when, when you had that inordinate amount of games within the division, 
your good teams could really beat up on the other teams. And that led to being in contention for the wild card. Um, that may, you know, that that could be something that's not as easy uh, or common with with a more balanced schedule because they're going to have more games against teams that, you know, from the bigger markets, the, the other divisions that, that are playing really well and, and less teams against, you know, the bottom feeders of the division, which, I mean, in all honesty, it's not, They've really struggled. The Tigers and Royals in recent season, that has been, you know, an area where the good teams in the division, and last year that was Cleveland, uh, have really made some hay. And and that might not be the case this season because you just don't have as many games against those clubs. Rosie, the offseason acquisitions, Mike Zanino at catcher, Josh Bell at first base. Do either one of those moves surprise you, and do you think they're done? I, I don't think they're done. Can you say Zanino five times? No. Please? I had a hard time the first time. <laughs> we don't have to. Yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. My bad. Um, you know, in terms of surprise, look, they they were able to fill some spots that, that were necessary because uh, they lost both catchers from a year ago. So they needed. They were looking for a good veteran catcher. And Zanino certainly fills that role. Uh, it'll be exciting to see. If Bo Naylor makes the club out of spring training, and if he does not, um, how quickly can he get here and make an impact? Because they're very high on him. Um, probably not quite ready yet, but don't tell him that. Um, and right. we'll see how spring training goes. So uh, certainly bringing in Zinino was uh, really important, both offensively and defensively. He could make an impact for this club. And then it just seems like a real good fit, the, the Josh Bell signing, because you have another switch hitter. And then the, the one area offensively a year ago it was such an exciting season, but power-wise, um, the Guardians were were certainly not among the, the top teams home run-wise, and and Josh Bell can certainly help that cause to to give them a little bit more power. Rosie, some of the other things that are changing, right? The pitch clock, uh, no more shifts in the outfield. Uh, you can't throw over, but more than two times, I think, right in the inning. And then, give me your thoughts on on somebody who calls the game. I don't know if you're aware of how long the game is going when it's playing, but they're trying to speed up the pace of play with a couple of these things, and then also trying to make, I think, it more offensively uh, oriented with the uh, you know the shift going bye bye, and now DH in both leagues. Um, internally, you hit it, Kenny. Um, you said pace of play, and I think that's the yeah. important part. Um, time a game. I mean, look, there's some three and a half hour games that that are awesome. You know, you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time, and and there's some some three hour games where you're like, Ugh, man, nothing happened, and that took three hours. Um, right. So I, I think pace of play will pick up because of the pitch clock, and and there'll be more of a, a, a natural flow to the game. There's still going to be some games that that just drag on. It's the nature of of the game. Um. But I think a lot of those things are, are just to kind of get the pace of play going a little bit quicker. Um, in terms of the shifts, you know, what I'm, I'm excited to see um, as, as far as the shifts. I don't know what's going to happen offensively. I, I think you'll see averages go up a little bit for sure, especially for left-handed right. hitters. You know, generally are pull hitters. I think it'll help them a lot. But I, I think it's going to bring back too your middle infielders are going to have to be really good defenders and you know i think in, in recent times because of the shifts you can put a, a second baseman out there with no range and not get hurt by that but i think you'll see i mean who was 
the most exciting shortstop here for year after year was Omar Vizquel. Can you imagine yep. him in the day of the shift? Um, you never see those great plays behind second base because he'd already be stationed there. You know, it, 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 they would have right. set him up in the shift there, and, and we wouldn't have had a chance to enjoy some of his spectacular plays. So you may see a lot more of that. I would think you would. And that's good for the game. We talk about this infield a little bit. Luckily, we do have a great uh, second baseman. Actually, we've got a shortstop playing second base. But I want to ask you about our shortstop. Do we roll through this entire season with Ahmed Rosario? Um, I hope so, because I think he means a lot to this club. And um, he, he plays well enough at short, and it's a really nice combo, him and, and Jimenez, who won the gold glove at second base. But there's... Ahmed Rosario brings something to this this team, the way he plays. I mean, he's an infield hit waiting to happen just because he hustles every time on a ground ball. And he plays a decent shortstop, too. I mean, is is he going to be ranked among the upper echelon? Probably not. But uh, he makes the routine plays when he has to, and certainly that combination of him and Jimenez up the middle is is more than enough defensively, I think. Um, and he does a lot offensively too. So I, like JT, you know, you go through a season, and we're sitting here in January. Obviously, right. if certain if certain things are happening at the trade deadline, probably not to the good, then maybe something happens. But if this team's rolling along, Rosario is going to be a big part of it. And and yes, he makes it to the end. We've been spoiled for so long at that position with the Indians and now Guardians. You you think of defense first at shortstop. I think it's one of the only reasons I bring it up. But we also look at this team being a young team and we remember last year some of the jabs that were taken on our uh team by the Chicago White Sox pretty much put together a pretty decent rivalry right there. Anyone else in division? Would it be maybe Minnesota? Absolutely Minnesota, I think. Um you know they, they were just clobbered by injuries a year ago. So, um, look, they're a part of the game, but a big key is being available, having your best players be available and playing. Um, but they they have an imposing lineup if they're healthy and they've, they've done some little things to improve their pitching. Um, a couple of years back, they were pretty good, and, and there's a lot of good stuff still there. I, that's a team that scares me in the division for uh, – for the Guardians, but um, I think it's fair to say those three, Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, um, they duked it out for a long time a year ago. I don't see why it would be different this season. Rosie, as we get ready for spring training, uh, Grapefruit League slash Cactus League games, depending on uh, you know where your favorite team plays, as well as the World Baseball Classic. For our listeners out there who catch you and Hammy calling the action here during the regular season. When do you guys get started? What What do we know as far as a uh, first, uh, you know, radio game and uh, when things get rolling in uh, Goodyear, Arizona again? First radio game Saturday, February twenty fifth against the Reds, and that is the opener of Cactus League play. Um, so, you know, team reports about ten days prior to that and uh, starts to go through their paces. Some of the the guys who are going to be in the WBC, they'll they'll report a little bit earlier to make sure they're ready to go because those those key games will start that first week of March and and they want to make sure they're ready. So um, it's kind of they're, they're trickling in this year, guys. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not just that one fell swoop of everyone coming in at the same time, but uh, they'll be ready to go on the 25th of, of February and, and we'll be on the air with that game against the Reds from Goodyear. 
That's awesome. Rosie, do we know for sure which guys from the Guardians are playing uh, in the WBC, or is that still being determined? Yeah, not not an official roster yet. So, okay. um, you know, there's a lot of it up in the air. Some of it's based on health, um, like someone uh, like a Jose Ramirez. I know he wants to play for the Dominican Republic, but he had that the surgery on his thumb, and, and all things are pointing that, that he's good to go and, and can play in that. But um, we haven't seen official rosters yet, put it that way. How about any guys on Team USA? Do we have anybody that could be or is being considered for Team USA? Is Josh Naylor one of those guys? Well, he would be Canada. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Canada. And, oh, no. yeah, okay, that's and right. Bo and Cal Quantrill would be under, I'm sure, heavy consideration for Team Canada. Um, My bad. I, I would imagine Shane Bieber uh, would be a contender for for Team okay. USA. Um, yeah, outside of that, I'm not sure, you know, who would be for Team USA, but there'll be, I mean, Emmanuel Classe, Jose Ramirez for, for the DR, uh, for Venezuela, Andres Jimenez. So uh, more more international flavor off of the Guardians yeah. roster than, than Team USA flavor. Rosie, do you expect oh, open competition yeah. of starting rotation on this team moving in? You know, there's still a couple of question marks there. You know, Savale, please, Zach. Could there be somebody that, that comes out of maybe Akron, or should we even say Columbus, that might crack the starting lineup this year? Only only if there's an injury. I think going in, I, I think it's fair to say um, Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, Plesak, Savali on January 23rd. Okay. But as you know, <laughs> right? there's a long way between January 23rd and opening night in Seattle on April 30th, um, excuse me, March 30th. Uh, but yeah, as of now, and, and they'd be ecstatic if, if those five are healthy and throwing the ball well in the spring, they'd be ecstatic to start the season that way. Pretty deep, though, and we keep hearing, and, and I asked yeah. you earlier, if they wanted to make a move, could one of those young arms be dealt before the season starts? Uh, it'd be interesting to see okay. because, yes, there there is some depth, but as I think we've seen every year, um, you never get through with five. You need, right. I think last year, it was over 10 starting pitchers at, at certain points in time. Now, some only, you know, filled in for one start and, and went back, but uh, you'll need them at some yeah. point in time. Um, last year was a ton of double headers and things like oh. that because of, uh, of rainouts and such, but um, it, it pays to have depth, and they really feel they have some good young arms coming. Rosie, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Can't wait for uh, the season to get rolling. Uh, not sure if we're heading down to, to uh, spring training this year or not, but I know we'll. if not, we'll be doing those uh, interviews uh, via Zoom and everything and get a chance to talk to all the players and get all our listeners pumped up uh, for uh, Guardians baseball here on WHBC. It will be here before you know it. We're getting close. It, it is, Rosie. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great uh, uh, time off before the season starts then, Rosie. All right? You got it, guys. Thank you.